0: Welcome to Round Hill Radio. Through our conversations, we discover the holy and the ordinary. Look for moments of grace and peace and redefine what we're talking about when we talk about faith. Hey, Ed.
1: Hey, how you doing, Leslie?
0: I'm good. How are you?
1: Good. Good, good. <laughs> good. So far, so good.
0: It's <laughs> <laughs> all we can ask for. <laughs> Indeed it is. Before, yeah. <laughs> before we started recording, I was telling Ed that I'm starting to collect these responses to how are you and how are you doing. <laughs> and my newest favorite is... The darkness persists, but so do I. <laughs> and I feel like in the deep winters.
1: Oh yes.
0: That is apropos. Really. It's
1: perfect. I love that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I might just I might just do that one because you know my default for a long time had been living the dream, <laughs> which had been said with varying levels of sincerity. <laughs>
1: It um, may, may be thinning out recently a little bit, <laughs> right? No
0: comment. No comment at all. Um, so, um, so we are diving in. We are still discussing this concept, this deep rich idea of peace. Yeah. This term. And you know, as we're looking at sort of a different word, a different value of what mm-hmm. matters most every month. Um, you've been doing some thinking about about words that relate to peace.
1: Yeah. You? Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. And thinking about uh, the treasury of words, you know, what a what a richness we have in 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 words. Mm-hmm. And uh we were as we were chatting earlier mentioning that in biblical Hebrew, the the word for word is devar which yeah. means not only the spoken word, mm-hmm. um, often associated with God by way, Devar Adonai is the word of the Lord, which appears mm-hmm. as a phrase many, many, many times. And, um, but it can also mean a thing um, and an object. Mm-hmm. And so it has this uh, sort of dual meaning. Um, and I started to think about what are the, what are the words that could give substance to this idea and practice of peacemaking, because peacemaking is both uh, an idea, a philosophy, a way of life, but it's also a practical action, right, that we put mm-hmm. into into our lives. So, anyway, thought of three words that um, came to mind about this, and the first of them is intention. So I know these are kind of new to you, so I'm going to get to try these out on you one <laughs> one by one. But I this uh, this might be titled Three Words for Peacemakers. There right? we go. Right? Thanks, for, thanks of, for
0: writing the title for me. <laughs> <laughs>
1: trying to get some of that work done up front, you know. I appreciate it. <laughs> and so what are three words that peacemakers could embrace? Mm. And I like to think we're all called to be peacemakers. Yeah. And um, that would help us to give some, you know weight to this practice of peacemaking. And I thought intention's really important. Um, Lately, actually starting right around the new year, I was, for some reason, this um, very um, well, uh, frequently used biblical phrase, this is the day that the Lord has made and let us rejoice in it, right? It's probably a lot of great music to that. And uh, so... It's often used as a call to worship in congregations, mm-hmm. and uh, but it's a great intention. And I've been saying it first thing in the morning, you know, uh, almost uh. as a kind of a defiant declaration. This is the day that the Lord has made, and I will rejoice in it. <laughs> By I golly, started. yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna be this is my defiant <laughs> intention for the day. I
0: love it. Right? That's great.
1: <clears throat> but I think that peacemakers um need to to have an intention like that. Yeah. Um so when I was when I was thinking about that phrase, it made me think of another very famous phrase from Saint Francis of Assisi. So this goes back what almost eleven 1, hundred years, mm-hmm. um, where he said, Lord, uh make me an instrument of thy peace. Yeah. Which I think is a, a an an intention. That has lived on through the years. Here we are, 2024, still saying it, still using it. Yeah. So anyway, those are some thoughts to get us. I'm kicking the can down the road. What do you I, think?
0: It's a lot. No, I think it's fantastic. The thing I found to be really interesting about this exploration of peace, you know, when I think when I was thinking about it in August, mm-hmm. I was thinking about peace, and I was like, okay. So to me, peace the, the idea of peace feels passive Mm -hmm. can feel like oh Mm -hmm. peace to be peaceful to be relaxed to be calm um and we've been i think finding so much action Mm. in it you know this idea of being a peacemaker Mm -hmm. um setting your intention to by golly this is the day the lord has made (laughs) right (laughs) and being an instrument of peace you know being being a part of the solution you know Yep. Um, I think that's really, really fascinating, especially, you know, at the beginning of a new year where we're, a lot of us are setting intentions, hopes, mm-hmm. dreams for the mm-hmm. year. Um, and I think, you know, it actually puts me in mind of that book you read in the at the beginning of the pandemic of how to lead when you don't know where you're going. Oh, exactly. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I should still be reading it. <laughs> I'll join you,
0: um, but this idea that like you're setting in you're you're setting an intention to go off and do yes X Y Z, yeah. um, and I love that that sort of isn't a step along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's really interesting.
1: And yeah, I think there's this sense out there in the world among people that when you set an intention kind of things start to come your way. Hmm. You know, it's a very interesting phenomenon. Um I'll have people I mean it can be as simple as someone saying, you know, I've started reading this book on cooking and now all of a sudden everybody's giving me recipes, you know, and it's <laughs> yeah. that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But I think there's uh I think there's kind of a spiritual energy. It's I know this is all sounding incredibly vague, but uh, you know, it's you set that intention and mm-hmm. it's as if we're announcing to the universe Mm -hmm. i'm here you know show me your stuff you know i i need resources and hey why not you know i think that there's a i think there's a way in which we we are making ourselves available to god to the energy of peace and those things want you know to find us so let our let's let ourselves be found
0: yeah i uh uh one of my favorite people in the world genji she told me that she believes that you know you receive what you put out in the world Mm, um mm -hmm. which i always thought was just a really beautiful thing Mm. and um i have been lovingly accused by my mother about having uh really good luck she thinks she has really really bad luck um and i have really really good luck and i keep telling her i'm like well I try to put good things out in the world. Um, but I also believe that luck, this relates, I promise, that luck, I, I love the definition that luck is when preparation meets opportunity. Mm, uh, that I, I like that definition. Even if it's not like active preparation, but you're preparing yourself, like you're you're mm-hmm. open to mm-hmm. receive or you've done some groundwork to whatever you are, or you've been thinking about something or you've set an intention. And so then when the opportunity presents itself for whatever, you yep. can then seize it because you've been on the lookout for it. Um, again, said. I feel like for the third week, we're talking about our, the incredible Rosa Parks. She was prepared for yep. the opportunity yep. to take a stand. Um, yes. And I yes. think at that great lofty level or even at a micro level in our own our own simple lives, you know, this idea where you're preparing, you're setting an intention. And then when Mm -hmm. the opportunity comes, you can take action. Um, And whatever that looks like. um, Yeah. Can be good luck. also. Yeah.
1: (laughs) I love it. I love it. Well, I think it's a great segue into word number two. Hey. Right. So second word for peacemakers really is that once you've set that intention, things start to come your way. Mm -hmm. Then the key is, Word number two, participation.
0: Participation.
1: Um, because participation, uh, which can mean, it's interesting, I looked up the, the derivation of the word, it's sort of etymology, and it's, it can mean to take part in, so it's not a definitely not a passive experience, right. but it also means fellowship or sharing in. Yeah. So it almost automatically brings you into a community that makes your intention possible right yeah. it's not something you necessarily are doing alone and case in point with Rosa Parks i mean she was a, not only had she prepared but there was actually a kind of a legal team waiting in the wings for the time when she was arrested so they they had anticipated this right they had to be ready for it <clears throat> so i think participation is important and that's that's where we get to experience peace in mm-hmm. so many different ways mm-hmm. and You know, I would say just briefly that some of those experiences of peace are very much like the ones that you mentioned. Peacefulness, a sense of calm. Um, It might be something that really surprises us. Or maybe we are in the midst of a really uh, panicky situation, but find ourselves for some reason feeling very free of anxiety. Mm. Those can all be very rich experiences of peace. Sometimes the experience is a lot tougher. Mm. Sometimes we participate in peacemaking that is arduous, grueling, hostage negotiation, conflict management, tough conversations with loved ones. You know, there's a whole range of those things, mm-hmm. but that's peacemaking too. But it all adds up to participation. And just a little sidebar here. Um, many times when ministers deliver the blessing or benediction at the end of a service, they'll say, go forth in peace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of, of the Holy Spirit be with you. And that word fellowship can be translated in different ways. It can mean sharing in the Holy Spirit. Mm. It can even be translated, a little bit of a stretch, but participating in the Holy Spirit. Mm. So there's that word participation, you know, coming back in. So it's something where you're, you're active and you're engaged, again, in so many different kinds of experiences of peace, but you're still in it, if that makes sense.
0: I can also see that phrase <laughs> being... You know, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit being the Holy Spirit is there to participate with you in whatever your endeavors are to Mm. you, to be a a support and encouragement Mm -hmm. in your peacemaking, a partner um, so that you're not alone.
1: Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Don't you think? I mean, you're a you're a creator. You're an artist. and, And I think that creative people and artists often speak of energies not of their own making right yeah yeah very common like how did I do that or something happened <laughs> there and i i wasn't in control of that moment yeah. and I think that's exactly what you're talking about beautifully yeah. said about you know the Holy Spirit participating with us looking for that companionship with us usually we're looking for it the other way around mm-hmm. but the fellowship is really when both are both parties are engaged
0: yeah that's so interesting there's so many Words for that, whether it's the muse or the creative spirit, yes, you know the other, all those things. It's such a, such an interesting idea. Do you think is there something peacemaking about art? How can art be peacemaking?
1: Do you know that this is like the seventh time this topic has come up in my life in the (laughs) last five days? No, really?
0: Yes, yes. It
1: just came up, just came up today. I was having a conversation with two amazing people. from our community and um, both of them deeply involved in environmental justice. One is a a college student and the other one is an individual who's uh, been working away for many years on on some of these issues, just really great conversation. But they talked a lot about the need for artistic expression in the environmental movement because there Mm -hmm. are some things that can be said better through sound, through symbol, through image than they can be said through words. Yeah. And we don't want to miss that. Right. We don't want to. It's otherwise it's like missing a whole realm of communication. Right. Oh, and yeah. some people will hear um, they'll hear a musical piece and it will suddenly open their eyes and their imaginations to a reality, mm-hmm. perhaps about the environment that they hadn't noticed before. And that sends them on a whole direction of, of service. And they might have heard a speech, you know, about it, but just kind of left them cold. So uh, it's so interesting that you raise that that point, because I do think we're going to hear more and more about this going forward, that uh, artists can help us to um, interact with the environment Mm -hmm. and to experience the texture of it and to understand how we might relate to it differently and uh, perhaps in ways that um, others, you know, that will speak to some people and not speak to others. But it's important to have a full range of expression.
0: There was an incredible exhibit at the Bruce Museum, which is a local museum in Greenwich um, that was, I believe, local high school students mm-hmm. um, from mm-hmm. sort of the area. There were some in New York and like mm-hmm. Westchester County. Um, and they were they were on many topics, mm-hmm. but the predominant topic was environmental concerns interesting and Mm -hmm. there was the health of our seas the health of our air the health of our earth the pollution Mm -hmm. trash i mean it was so powerful Mm. and then each student had written like a short two paragraph description about their thoughts and motivations behind each piece and it was like Mm. i mean it was each one was a sermon i mean they were in Incredibly thoughtful, incredibly passionate. Uh, pleased to love our planet, and uh, I honestly, I hope, I kind of wish they should just leave it there the whole, like forever. <laughs> right? Yeah. Make it a permanent <laughs> exhibition. Everyone needs <laughs> right. to see this. It was incredible. And then, and then there was another. Uh, there was a you know more established artist who did yep. an entire an <clears throat> entire room at the Bruce, and it was all found objects. From huh. the ocean. Oh, wow. And it was like I mean there whole buddy. There was a lot of stuff.
1: All bet Like
0: a lot of glass and all these things. then uh. turning that into into various pieces. It was absolutely stunning. And like you said, like it touches you in a way. Sometimes that words don't don't communicate. Yep. Um, you know, you and I have talked about how music can like get its way into your soul oh, in a way yeah. that spoken words right. sometimes can't no offense yep. to preachers nope. hey, <laughs> <you>? <laughs> preach it <laughs> and so i think it, i think that's so interesting and i know i mean so many musicians and artists have used their craft to to speak truth to power mm-hmm. over the centuries and so i think i think yeah like you said i'm gonna be it's really interesting to see what art Especially our young people are making because they're like, "Hey guys, it's, it's yeah. our planet now, so mm, right, fix and it." Here's
1: what here's what we've got to say. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. gives me well, hope. It <laughs> gives me a it lot it of gives,
1: hope. It gives me hope as well. I agree. And you know, one thing I'm thinking about is your experience at the Bruce. You know, you participate in art when you're looking at it. Right. Mm-hmm. There's a wonderful connection that happens there. It kind of reaches out and uh, reaches out to us, reaches out to our hearts. Yeah. You know? And I think that uh, that's another way in which we get to participate in, in peacemaking. Um, there's yeah. almost a moment of reconciliation that happens when we're mm-hmm. standing in front of a painting like that.
0: Yeah. It was very cool to see because uh we actually took we took uh the baby and she was I think she was maybe under a year mm. and she even she loved it. She mm. absolutely loved it. The colors and there was mm-hmm. one like it was like a sculpture but it was it was turning in the light and it was like basically a mobile and she was <laughs> Into it, <laughs> she just said that, and she was pointing, and she was like telling me all about it, you know. And her baby babble—it was—it was very cool to see oh, how just moment. like it hit something in her. Yeah. I mean, a lot of pieces, and not just that one. Um, mm-hmm. it hit some, it spoke to something in her. So that was that was that was pretty cool. That was I love cool it. To see, yeah, it was neat. So, what's our third word?
1: So our third word is celebration. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's a good kind word. of a surprise. Right.
0: Yeah.
1: So now we party. <laughs> exactly. Right. We've come on a long journey. Let's mm-hmm. make it worthwhile. I love it. Um, so we have our intention. We have our participation and celebration. It's that moment when you look back at something and say, wow, you know, we did that. So we had that experience and it was worthwhile and a lot of work went into it. Or we had this beautiful moment and shared a vision of the night sky or a sunset. And that was something to be cherished. And um, I'm, I'm actually had the idea of including celebration as the third word. uh, Thanks to a friend of mine, Jim Ledoux, who's a professional coach working with clergy works with the uh, organization called vibrant faith. Mm -hmm. Jim once said to me, you know, don't ever miss opportunities to have celebration moments because Quite often, people who are doing things they care about are often failing, or they're—they're right—they're not yeah. able to fulfill their dreams. So he said, "You want to make sure that you can have celebration moments. Otherwise, you're only focused on the things when you're uh, that that occur when you're falling short of your goal, okay. and that can be depleting and discouraging. So <clears throat> take time to celebrate and uh, make that a real, you know, exclamation point." So. I've been doing this recently and it, you know, you can do it in a few minutes or less where you just sort of look back at the day and think, what were my celebration moments today? And where, where I either, um, you know, experienced peace, received it, maybe had an opportunity to respond to someone in a less uh, volatile way than I would have been inclined to do. And what amazes me is that, I guess I'm kind of a prime example of what Jim Ledoux talks about. You know, I'm focused always on that thing that didn't quite work and how can you make it better and on and on and on. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And um, but those moments make me realize there's a lot of really good things happening in the world around um, these energies of peacemaking. And we have to we have to find a way to get louder about them, you know, and help them come to the surface so yeah. that people, other people can see them and enjoy them and think, okay, I'm, you know, my view of the world is a little, uh, maybe a little skewed. I'm not seeing those things and thanks for pointing them out.
0: So. <laughs> yeah. uh, there's so much in that because <clears throat> I feel like, um, I don't know if it's, gen- it's a generational thing, but I know so many of my peers really struggle with being bad at anything like mm. Just this idea of, mm. like, we expect ourselves to automatically be good at something. Uh, oh, it's
1: interesting. Like, yep. Where did we
0: get this nonsense <laughs> from? It's like, come on. There was a great Instagram creator who sings the song that sucking at something is the first step to being <laughs> slightly good at it. <laughs> that, like, in order to do something well, you ha- you're you going to be bad at it. Right. And you you yeah. have to be bad at it. Yeah. In order to get good at it. Yep. Um, Which I have tried to make a personal refrain because that is very hard for me. Um I think back I think I told the story in the podcast once that like I learned how to drive stick about uh about 10 years ago. Um because I really wanted to buy I mean I want I was going to get my like my first car and I really wanted to get a Mini Cooper mm. and in my opinion if you're going to get a Mini Cooper it needs to be stick shift. It just, There you go. It
1: just
0: does. Period. Yeah. Um but I didn't know how to drive stick shift, so I'd learn. You have never <laughs> seen me more mad at myself because I don't know why I expected myself to just automatically know how to do it. Partly it is because I'm an organist and I'm like, I have full control over my feet. Like, I
1: I go, should right?
0: be good at it. it took You've
1: got so, a jump start on the rest of this. You would
0: think. And I also, <laughs> you know, consider myself to be like a good driver, which, I, I you know, I'm just going to keep that as a thing I believe about (laughs) myself. I don't know if it's true or not, but I was so convinced and I took it so personally (laughs) that I was not immediately good at it. And it took me a long, Mm -hmm. embarrassingly to me long time to learn, but like you have, you have to be bad at something first to get good at it, which I feel like as a, as a moment of personal growth and celebration, um, (laughs) I was telling you the other day that uh, my new hobby is now bookbinding.
1: Yes, I see this.
0: Of course it is, um, and I just started my first project and I've already messed it up. <laughs> and I'm like, then I've learned something. That's great. Right? I will celebrate that I've learned something. Great. Um, <laughs> and, and I think that's I think that's important that like we that almost we celebrate the failures because the failures yeah. are the process to the successes yeah you know i heard I'm with you um our good friend joe he was telling me once that you know that learning is like uh like like wiring up something very complicated so say you're wiring up a light bulb and there's 10 wires which there isn't but in this in this example there's 10 <laughs> wires yes. and you connect wires 1 through 9 and nothing's going to happen it's not going to work but then you get the 10th wire in and all of a sudden the light turns on and everything works. Yes. But you have yes. to have gone through setting up all the previous nine, which look like a failure because it's not working until right. the 10th uh, wire gets connected. Um, he was using an analogy of how babies learn to do stuff. Um, but I just thought that was such a a really great way of looking at it that we kind of have to we have to go through all these processes and that yeah. there's so much to celebrate In each of those moments, in each of those learning processes that we don't tend to celebrate. Yep. I
1: I love your comment, by the way, the nuance you've given this, which is that, you know, it's the, you have to fail. And that... that actually you celebrate that, whatever that little learning was that came through that one moment. You don't have to wait until you get it right. Mm -hmm. You know, there are lots of things that you can celebrate those little incremental changes and uh, say, Hey, I did it this much yesterday and now I'm doing it this much today. And so it goes. And I think that's really healthy, you know, not to wait for just the big moment when it all seems complete, but don't forget to you know, along the way, to kind of raise a glass and toast how yeah. far you've come, right?
0: <laughs> toast the failures, because <coughs> like if we're all succeeding all the time, we're not learning anything. Yeah, so it's like yeah, if we succeed, then we already knew how to do it. I feel like you know. Yes,
1: and wouldn't it be great if you know, in the process, I'm thinking about peacemaking. You know, one of the one of the struggles today is that. Uh, There's a feeling that society is, you know, people are so polarized with one another, it's hard to even get a conversation started. But, you know, wouldn't it be wonderful if we did reach in the process of reaching out to someone with whom we had a strong disagreement? We could say at some point in the conversation, like if it's not going well, hey, this is really not going well. (laughs) Like, I I wish I had not said sentence A, L and M back there. um you know can we start over can we celebrate the fact that we're just here we're getting we're getting underway and uh that would be an example i think of what you're you're talking about and it was a couple of weeks ago i heard a, I was listening to an online service with the reverend dr jim forbes who used to be the senior pastor at riverside church in new york city for many years and taught at union seminary and he was saying that in this polarized environment You know, we have to actually go out of our way to interact with people with whom we disagree. And Mm. he said to listen, listen, listen so deeply Mm. until the root of the disagreement bursts onto the surface. Oh. Interesting. Right. And that uh, that kind of a conversation can't happen if there's not little failures in the midst of it. Right. and and i think you're making a really powerful point point. and at that stage you can say look well, we you know we made some mis- we're making some mistakes in this conversation but let's let's stay with it let's let's learn and not just walk away from each other you know convinced that oh well we you know it sort of turned out the way we expected it to it doesn't have to be that way
0: yeah i really like what you said <clears throat> also that you have to seeking out those conversations mm. mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. i know in my own life i'm very Insular. I tend to be surrounded by people that mostly agree with me on most things.
1: Uh, yeah. Um,
0: and yeah. I think I think that idea that we, we reach out and that we we look for people that we don't automatically agree on all the things that could have a deep rich conversation um, and deep rich peacemaking. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But there's a there's an initial like step there. Mm-hmm. that I think is really interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I think these are all ways that we can uh, activate the uh, our genetic disposition to be peacemakers. I'd like to think where it's inborn in us, you know, and that we can give it a chance and enjoy it along the way, admit our mistakes, and celebrate whenever possible.
0: Give peace a chance
1: you got it <laughs> <laughs>
0: I love it well thank you all thank you Ed and thank you all so much for joining us today Round Hill Radio is brought to you by the friends and members of Round Hill Community Church for more information please visit roundhillradio.org